Hello. 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 I can hear you. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Hey. Hey. Yo. Say yes. What's up? Yes. Chicken. Okay, thank you, right? Chicken. Echo. 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 Woo! Echo. Listen to it go. Echo. John, check this out. I'm gonna DM you an image. Okay. You liked Mermaid. Yes! Yes! <laughs> so completely innocent and nice. Exactly. I just like I just like tiny mermaids. It's just that, wholesome. That's really nice. It's just wholesome. You like tiny that's mermaid like innocent. you like tiny rat girl that continues to be tortured. <laughs> I see you liking that. Wait, wait. Oh no, what? <laughs> I see those likes. Tiny rat girl. There's like a small mouse girl or whatever. Oh, that one's that one's cute. Come on. That's I don't know. I don't know. Some of those pictures that I've seen you like, <laughs> little less than innocent. Polly just camping on everyone's you, likes. Like I'm. No, like when I see when I see likes roll up that column, I don't even have to guess who it was. I just know people's <laughs> tastes now. <laughs> like I know what everybody likes, and I know what I like. It's like okay. That's a Rhett. That's a Rhett like. That's a John. That's Eric. Those titties are 700 times bigger than they should be. That's Eric. <laughs> and that well that, that could that could go either way. If it's like if it's if it's like a cream pie, that's probably Eric. If oh it's my if, if it's gigantic tits, that's probably Liana. And if it's CBK, it's me. And if it's, oh yeah, you are you and if it's literally anyone from Simple Gear. You and Ten Evil Stars are the only two people that yeah. spam uh, Simple Gear. And I like I just like I just retweet that uh, Simple the, Gear the bot every time it has a crisp. Every time it has a crisp frame. I had to mute that account because the amount it was showing up on my oh. feed was. You had, you had to mute Simpho Gear. You follow like five so Simpho Gear friends, and they all post it like ten times a day. Oh. It gets to be a lot, and they're oh. all posting different frames all day. That's that's wild. That'll yeah, get you. that'll get you. It's there's a lot nothing. of. Here, I'll, I'll just post it in the in the DM. There's no, Rhett, Tell me if there's anything illicit about this. I see a nipple. Yeah, I see nipple. I see that is definite oh, mouse nipple. Um, there's mouse nipple there. <laughs> very pink and very visible mouse nipple. <laughs> On Dambro, this would be implied vor. Implied? Yeah, this is definitely implied vor. That's that's what I get from a lot of that person when I when I see those those likes yeah. roll across my timelines. Oh, that's. Implied four. That's a John. That's a John. I don't even know. <laughs> God, these are so fucking good. Tweet. <laughs> uh, there are mouse yeah, nipples in the picture that John sent us on Twitter. 
Well, there's a mouse oh, nipple. Sure. It's just a singular mouse nipple. It is also a mouse that is likely imperiled. Very much so. Yeah, that's probably not going to end well. So, there is a toothbrush in this image. Uh, I fear that if I described this one uh, on my uh, Twitch or YouTube account, I would probably get banned. So I'll just say there's a toothbrush being employed in a manner that you probably wouldn't want to use a toothbrush um, uh, against a certain area. Oh, my God. Um, also, it's a mouse. Also, there's, again, also, again, one singular mouse nipple. Rhett's recoil there was perfect. That artist is very nice. I think that's I think that's a lovely artist. I mean, I'm not gonna say their art's I think bad. I, I think I like. I think I like art that is significantly weirder than that one, <laughs> or at least. Oh sure, but it's like that, that's just like the one that came to mind when I'm thinking of, like, what Ooh. are some what are some. Like, like, common themes I see when I look over at that activity feed every now and again. Like, oh, okay, I can guess who I can guess who liked that one. I know all y'all's tastes by now. I know what y'all like. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There is no shaming here. This is a safe place for you, everybody to have their kinks. Absolutely. It's going to be wild when Twitter bans porn. It is, isn't it? Because <clears throat> that's what's going to happen, is they're going to they're gonna add subscriptions to tweets, and then people that are into sex work are going to start using it, and Twitter's going to go, oh, son of a bitch, we done fucked up now. We, we are didn't way, think about this We are way seconds. too puritanical for this. Um, and then, that, then that's going to be the end of all porn on Twitter. That's it. It's over. Done with. Back to Tumblr. Back to Tumblr again. Who? We're tu- I'd, tu- I'd Tumblr for you. It's always weird when I look at my Tumblr and I expect it to be a ghost town, and then it's like, oh, Genshin Impact, of course. Of course, why not? You know what? Genshin Impact got them wifeys. And you know what Sunday evening's got? Sunday evening's got that socks cast all up in your ear holes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, and here me, me and Rhett are going to start feeling old again. Welcome to episode 134. We've done so many of these things. 34, that's how old we are. 34, <laughs> yes. 34, yeah. that is a good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 34 is a lucky number. Uh, it's, uh, oh, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very lucky number. It's digital root is seven, and seven is a lucky number. See? Yeah, exactly. We got it. We got it. So how's everybody doing? Welcome. We're gonna do a show for y'all. Y'all, we're gonna talk. You're gonna listen. It's gonna be. It's gonna be comfy. Just like you know, we yeah. had. You know, we, we we started things off with a banger. We got mouse nipples right in the opening. <laughs> so you know that this is gonna be a banner episode. We got a Symphogear reference on this week's cover. So we're just knocking it out of the park already. <laughs> like like. It, I would say, like, it's all downhill from here because we started with a showstopper, but I don't think that we can go too far. Lo- you know, I don't think that this, this ride ends on a bad note. I think, I, think we end, I think we end up in still a pretty good place, even though we're going to crash this thing into the side of a fucking <laughs> mountain. Uh, so that's good. That's good. Polly, we have, like, ten, ten bangers an episode. Like, we're, we've got, they've still got lots of good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's still stuff here. Stick around. Somebody will probably... Talk about a video game. You've ne- you've probably never heard that on a podcast before. The one and only video game podcast. Yep. 
the one and only. To my immediate virtual right, he ain't got no future or family tree, but he knows what a prince and lover ought to be. It's Rhett. If only I typed faster, I could figure out your song references quicker. <laughs> uh, Rhett, I got good news for you. Good. What is it? Potatoes are back. Potatoes are back! Potatoes are back! Baby. We've done it! Like We got 3D Doritos... We got potatoes back at Taco Bell. Life is worth living again. We are in the age of healing. It's finally happening. Do you feel it, right? <laughs> Millennials and Zoomers, we bullied Taco Bell into bringing back potatoes. <laughs> Through angry tweets at their Twitter account. Man, this feels like such a damn... Like, it feels like they did this on purpose. This feels so calculated. Because there's no potato shortage. Because literally last year, like, farmers were like, dude, we have so many potatoes, please. Somebody yeah. just take them. We will give them away. Please just come get them. So it was I just, think, it was it was a calculated know. bullshit move. But it's, but it's nice I, now. I, I, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I have gone to Taco Bell and ordered so many potato tacos that they're like, uh, we need to heat up some potatoes. It's going to be like 15 minutes. Oh, damn. Is that, like, just in one order? <laughs> so it worked? Yeah. That's just, like, Rhett's one order. Like, he, he pulls in. It's like, man, yeah. I need I need 27 <laughs> yeah. potato tacos. 34 potato tacos. 34 <laughs> potato tacos! <laughs> so there is some... I know that there is some level of maintenance with them where, like, they can run out temporarily oh, yeah. and they need to keep them hot. Yeah. But, yeah, they thought that was the easy thing to cut and the, and the internet proved them wrong. Yeah. It turns out potatoes are really good. Because even, like, I'm not vegetarian, but I will fight for keeping potatoes where they need to be. Because I love me some potatoes. I thought you were going to say, I, I'm not a vegetarian, but I would fuck up a potato. I mean, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a vegetarian, but I would fuck a potato. I, <laughs> yeah, just, let's get it to its logical end point. Let's just yeah. right on in there. It's coming out one way or another. One of the three of us is going to say it. John, I'm glad that you were there to, to, to slap shot that one right in. John loves potatoes because he thinks of Mr. Potato Head and then it's a war thing. And then it's, yeah, it's a war thing. God. Just eat some raw. I do. Remember, I eat potatoes raw. I don't. That's weird. That's, well, now. We know. Now... I'm the weirdo that eats potatoes raw. We have a whole cover dedicated to that. They're fine. They're just like cold, kind of flimsy, <laughs> wet potato chips. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, I've, oh, I've had some <laughs> soggy potato chips. This sounds fine to me. <laughs> See, it's good. You just you, you slice it up, you throw some salt on there, you're fine. You wash it off real good. It's fine. It's not going to kill you. Get a bag of Lay's. Dip it in a fish pond. <laughs> Get a bag Drink of it laid. out of the bag. Get a bag of laid. Hey. Get a bag of lays. Oh, oops, all salt. Yeah, it, I don't like lays at all. They're just they're misery chips. I can oh, literally lays. feel every point of my mom. blood pressure shooting through the top of my head anytime <laughs> I have them. <laughs> Whew, yeah, like potatoes. Eric liked my Eric liked my retweet. No one else did, but Eric liked it. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> of course. Call back. 
Uh, to my immediate virtual left, in his own mind, he's the he's the dopest trip. How's it going, John Thayer? Hi. Hey. I knew you were talking about me. Yeah. The dopest trip. Hi. <laughs> you are the dopest trip. I know it's going to be hard to compete like with this time because you know, like we got we got potatoes. This, with Doritos this 3D. episode and Doritos 3Ds and mouse nipples. Like you yeah, have a lot to compete right. with this episode. There's so much going on. Don't know how anybody's going to be uh, able to. I've got nonstop bangers lined up. Nonstop, so the nonstop disco power pack over here. He's just never going to stop. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, because you're going to get you're, you're going to be getting us started, John. What you been doing? Kick it off. Let's go. Start. Give us. I don't think I've gotten us started in a while. Give us a barn burner. Thank Let's you. go. I pay attention. I'll give you a fucking bar barn burner. I finished hard catch pre cure. Ooh. It this took really like nice. six months. Yeah, I was like thinking, like, when was no, it? I like, I know that I came up like in October. <laughs> Did you start this before? Literally, I watched. Yeah, you watched the, this. You started this just after Xeno Gears. Mm -hmm. Um. Yes, I started this a little bit after I started Xeno Gears. Almost a month after I started Xeno Gears, I've been playing Xeno Gears for a while. Yeah, that's kind of the case. Like, we, we were but talking about definitely... how, we were talking about how long Xeno Gears is, and the speed run for it is eighteen hours. Uh, it's kind of oh. long. <laughs> Still like this, shorter than the speedrun yeah. of Castlevania Adventure, actually. <laughs> um, but I started... Basically what it was, I blazed through the first half of it and got to like a mid-season mm -hmm. finale and then didn't pick it back up. Um, I, yeah. I tried like jumping in with a few episodes and wasn't really feeling it, and then I just started feeling it, and then I blazed through the rest of the show. So cool. it was really just two week-long spurts of Hard Catch Freak here. Mm. You know, spurt is maybe not the word to use describing this show. This is completely nice. There's nothing. There's nothing grody here. This is all. This is a. This is a completely chill zone. It's the actual um, magical just, girl show for girls. It's the actual nice magical girl show for girls instead of like all the all the dumb bullshit. All the bullshit. Like, oh, it's an edgy deconstruction, or oh, it's whatever the fuck flip flappers is. Oh, or, oh, it's simple here. Oh, it's fate. It's all, whatever. Oh, no, it's whatever yeah. that Ilya Prisma thing was. Oh, there, there, there was a bottom, and we found it. Yep, that's literally the bottom. Yep, that that is that is the pit. Yep, that is the bottom. Um, no, this is the this polar is... opposite of that. Yeah, this is the one actually for this six year old girls. Neat. It is the and that's actually for uh, six six to twelve year old girls. I would okay. say probably. Um, and I and I just watched Tangled last year and loved it. And that's that's it's the same demo, I think. Okay, that's how we um, kind of trace the logical through line from 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 that to that. Okay, yeah. I was wondering how we kind of went, like because I, I, I wasn't sure how Precure ended up on your to watch list, but now it's like okay, Tangled I like makes nice sense. Nice kid shows. I I like nice kid shows. I, I went on a big. Um, kind of tirade about it where I was like with a lot of with kid shows you tend to have like these very episodic structures and then like you build up to these finale beats that are very like constraint con contained mm -hmm. like with Tangled you'd have like 10 episodes of oh and now they're walking to the place where they're going to have the finale mm -hmm. and then you get to the finale and then it's 40 straight minutes of solid gold <laughs> <laughs> and then the episodes are nice too. Um, there's sort of a there's a sort of discipline to it, where they're like, we're just gonna have these nice episodes, and we're gonna build to these very tightly told 
stories for the overall arc. Um, and my my comparison point for for like grown up TV is like Game of Thrones, where it's like <laughs> there are forty different character threads going on at any given time, and they're all just kind of oozing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like non hard to parse. Like there's not like a structure, a clear structure to it. Or like a season arc, like you just even get to the finale, and it's like, okay, a big thing happened in one of these threads. We might have uh-huh. the special episode where Karen gets to have her backstory, and then <laughs> and then next week it's back to Monster of the Week. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is like, it's it my like my big touchstone is Sailor Moon, which is obviously yeah, yeah obviously that's kind of where you go. Yeah, um, because I really like Sailor Moon. That's another touchstone for me is that i watched three seasons of that and had a really good time um and so that's what precure is is that it is 90 percent cute episodic monster of the week stuff and then 10 percent absolute solid gold rock salt rock, amazing finale mm. <laughs> shit <clears throat> um i think there are a handful of things that make this a particularly good example of that format um uh the all of the monsters are characters in the show. Like mm-hmm. they are like they're children that are transformed that have that are sad in some way. I agree, and... children are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then they have that sadness taken advantage of by the villains and then they ter- are turned into big monster of the weeks. Yeah, yeah. So the the resolution of every episode is they beat the monster but then also like um a child is sad about how they're moving and they no a child is sad because their parents just had a new baby and they feel like they're not having any attention paid to them and they feel like they don't their parents don't love them anymore mm. um, and they run away and it's very and it's you feel it a lot and then they get to the end and then they realize actually no of course the parents love them it's just been hard right now because um and there's a lot of episodes where um and it's not just stuff like that where like the kid needs to understand like, Oh, actually they, everything's fine. It's sometimes the parents are wrong too. <laughs> and then the parents realize that, Oh God, we haven't been who we need to be. And it's really, and it's really sweet. Um, so every time the show goes, so like nearly every episode has a little dramatic arc like that where a kid is hurting in some way, or even an adult is hurting in some way. And then that, and it's resolved really sweetly and sort of maturely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big thing that I think really makes this work is the villain, Dark Precure, who I kept posting pictures of because she's so scary. Is super cool. hot and super hot. She's, she's super fucking cool, Rhett. Yeah. Um, she was, when I first started seeing screenshots of her and people were like, oh man, the Catcher and Sin's art, art style. And I'm like, am I going to watch Pre- Pretty Cure? I just <laughs> never pulled, I never pulled that trigger, but I'm closer than ever now. <laughs> but, um, she's a believable threat, mm-hmm. which is a rare thing in these shows, I think, mm-hmm. because you because it's hard to have stakes in like a in like a magical girl show. I mean, Sailor um, Moon killed everyone in the first season. Yeah, yeah, and then immediately brought them all back to life. <laughs> I know, but like you don't get <laughs> yeah, you don't I know. get too many points for that. I get you. But remember in my DMA. Yep, remember that, that shit. <laughs> See, it's tradition. <laughs> Polly is never going to get. I never let I that never, go. No, we're never. I was no. thinking about Myotome the other day, and just like, 
at least it didn't end like Myotome is solid. Yes, they My- had to drop. They dropped Myotome. They had to drop the fucking the, the, the fucking quality of the show, obviously. But they mm-hmm. told a better story, and it actually ended like on a fucking believable yeah. note. Whereas My Hime just shits itself compulsively for twenty seven minutes. It doesn't stop. It just keeps flooding out of its pants. There's no room for the shit. <laughs> Myotome has a sit as a simple gear ending and Mahime poops itself. So, yeah. <laughs> um and oh my god, I was cat for the whole the they they get to like the final dungeon and then there's like four episodes left and I'm just like fuck yes fuck yes fuck yes I'm so here for this four straight episodes of Sailor Moon finale and they're delivered um so you have to be here for fifty episodes where most of it is that it's a little <laughs> long yeah the, yeah because that's what these shows are I is know. that this this airs all year. And then the next one immediately starts airing, and they and then they have yep. two movies, and then the next one immediately starts airing, and then they do that for eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, like that's Precure. God, is it really been eighteen years? I've not heard of that many series. It's it's close. Yeah. Um, the also it was very funny that they have a, a second transformation at one point of the show. Believe it or not. Um, and then immediately after the big cathartic moment of them all doing the second transformation, there's a little, I was watching a recording of the TV broadcast. So there was a little text scroll. Across oh. the, ah! the precures, the precures, new, to- new, new dresses are available in stores now. Yeah. Like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Literally um, watching a toy commercial. Uh-huh. I mean, that's um, what all anime is made for anyway. It's all made to be marketing. We're just fooling ourselves and pretending that there's a deeper meaning than making money. <laughs> um, I think this is also one more thing that's very important about the show is that every frame of it is imbued with life and love and animated joy. And just looking at it for any length of time puts a smile on my face. This is a and show like a where... This is a show where they could shit this out like Dragon Ball Z episodes at, on like yeah. the shoestringiest <laughs> budget imaginable, and they would still make bank on it. But they actually put a lot of care into this show. Like I, I've mm-hmm. not watched any full mm-hmm. episodes, but I've seen enough of this show in action, and 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 like the visual fidelity is there um, to a level that you just don't see in shows that run this long. Or, or have this kind of production schedule. Yeah. The fact that this never takes a break is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Mm. Um, and that may be the case. May, that may or may not be the case for all the other precures, but this, sure, is, sure. this is like the most beloved one. Yeah. Um, and it has a specific style. It has a it has some ex Moon people on it. Um, I think maybe... Th- uh, I, that's one thing I talked to um, a Hard Catch Mega fan about who has a lot of history with magical girl stuff and talking about like oh yeah all these people that spiraled off from sailor moon like this person that went and did princess tutu and this person went and did Utna, and this person that went and did for this precure at this precure season and i'm like holy shit like it was just sort of a cauldron of talent hmm. um which makes sense because sailor moon was really cool um i think that the way this show handles basically filler the way that this show handles the episodic stuff is much stronger to be than sailor moon and I feel much more connected to 
the main precursors that I did to the characters in Sailor Moon. Mm. Um, and to me, that makes this is this feels like um, this was m- more of what I wanted, more of what I recommend to like grown-ups who like this stuff. Um, I think that because it's not adapted from a manga, like with um, with Sailor Moon, it's like here are the stuff that matters. <laughs> And then we have to make filler apps. To There's a in. very oh, clear yeah. divide in every adaptation that goes on like that and gets thrown into that kind of production. Yeah, and Precure is an anime original, yeah. which we like. Yeah. Um, and all basically every character from like the one-off episodic show episodes comes back, like even if it's just as a a, a character off to the side with a couple mm-hmm. lines, mm-hmm. Um, or in the finale, or all sorts of stuff. Um, and I love that. And that makes it that does so much to make the episodic stuff feel like it matters more. If that makes sense, um, like one comes back and then actually becomes part of the main plot. And I was like, "Oh shit! Mm. Oh wow! I should pay attention." <laughs> I'm like, cool. Um, so this show completely delivered at the end. I was very pleased with it. Um, Dark Precure and Cure Moonlight are so fucking cool. Goddamn! <laughs> the first two minutes of this show is their dramatic final battle before the, sh- the series starts. And you watch that first two minutes, and it's, if you're here for this kind of show, that's all it fucking takes. You are just in it. It's so good. Jeez. So, so when are you watching the movies? Uh, probably at some point. For some reason, it's harder for me to get excited about movies. Like I still haven't watched the sound movies yeah. yet. Uh-huh. Um, equally important. Um, and that's all. If you have any questions, Red, especially, since I know you're kind of eyeballing yeah, the show now. I'm definitely eyeballing it now. I have the first couple episodes downloaded, which is definitely more Excellent. than an eyeball. Yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, it's probably <laughs> happening at some point. Uh, I mentioned the director of this worked on Cash and Sins. That is not correct. It was the character designer of right. Cash and Sins okay. Okay. that came back. I looked cool. up the director of this. He went on to do some Dragon Ball Super stuff. Of course. Of course. Because <laughs> he works at Toei. Yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah, he did. He did some episodes mm. of Dragon Ball Super, and then he did Super Broly, the movie, the latest movie, which is actually really good. Mm. Dope. Um, and it's one more very funny thing is that I did start this immediately after finishing Simple Gear GX. <laughs> yeah. No, I no, I remember that it was you. You wanted you were you were extremely excited about Simple Gear GX, but you said I want the rawest fucking magical girl possible. I want the purest straight from the tap. Yeah. That's not I just what you're want, getting like, from Simple Gear. It's a totally no, different Simple, thing. Simple Gear is a fusion of like you know the J-pop, the mecha stuff, the, the magical girl aspect. This was I want pure ass four little girls magical girl. I want to sit down at the refrigerator, pull out pull out that bottle of maple syrup, open my big fat mouth, and just chug. <laughs> <laughs> Give me forty episodes of one-off you know adventures of Ma- Monster of the Week. And then you, and then the Simple Gear finale. And guess yeah. what? When you get the Simple Gear finale after that, I was like, yeah, just cry. They, there's an idol song that becomes emotionally important. I know. Completely invested. The, 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 one, like, the yes. one part where I'm a little salty is that this is what got you invested in an idol song. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, like the problem is the idol songs in Simple Gear just aren't good. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the problem the problem is that they just throw them at the start of the series before you're invested like they don't have they aren't actually they don't the big, make like... they, that's my problem 
with the music and simple gear. It's like I always make the joke of why is everybody singing? Because you know, like that that sobbing that sobbing pick from uh, Final Fantasy VI. It's like why is everybody mm-hmm. singing at the opera? And it's just like Uh-oh. my problem is with simple gear is that like I never like they sing all the time, so it's not special. There's nothing yeah. like like it's never a cool moment. It's just oh okay, you're you're battling and you're singing and it looks bad. <laughs> Oh. If you would save it for really cool moments, like real big important key moments, like they man, they save they save certain songs for key moments later on, right? But yeah, but it's just... it's hard. It, it doesn't stand out as much because because even like my Hime, like I think at the mid season finale they do a song during the battle yep. and it's super fucking it's awesome. So good. Yeah, Simple Gear on four is I just mean, like just it's over, right? Yeah. Simple Gear is the one show to do it as so, the actual canon that they're actually singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it's neat that considering like a lot of an, a lot of animes have insert songs for like the big emotional mm-hmm. moment. I think it's yeah. neat that there is one that exists. that's like let's do that for every single battle. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that I think that's I think that's kind of neat because hilariously the real shit. Sh- yeah. Go ahead. If they just if they didn't. If they just saved it for the special stuff, then they would be doing exactly what everybody else is doing, yeah. which is have insert songs for dramatic moments. There's a yeah, few right? moments in Simple Gear where it just plays music during a fight, and that's that's the actual real shit. Like, when they're not singing. <laughs> hey, yeah, it turns, turns out I'm way better at fighting when I'm not singing badly. Oh, jeez. Well, we mentioned oh. how these cartoons are just made to sell stuff, and Simple Gear is the one that is like, hey, what if we sell CDs? Right, right. I should sell boxing gloves. <laughs> I did not brand. mean to make that a shit on a shit on simple gear thing. No, I was that's just fine. like this is giving me this is giving me what I wanted. Um, yeah, I have one other thing besides the big sure. thing. Um, Hit it. I think. Go ahead, Rhett. I think we should save the big thing for last. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I was going to do one, my one more little thing and then throw it to yeah. one of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played Starry Flowers, the new Nom Nom Nom. Oh, man. Yeah, I still need to play Drowning, Drowning, Drowning. Mm-hmm. I've not played um, that. Drowning, Drowning is only like a half hour. Okay, okay. It's like a nice, it's a nice little vignette. Yeah, it um, sounds really nice. Drowning, like Drowning. It's great. It's going to be a super positive and uplifting experience, I can tell. <laughs> it's, it's a Nami game. It's going to, it's going to be nice, Polly. <laughs> I know. I like, know. it goes, it goes a little, it, like, it gets a little bit, um. I, I I also played Drowning Drowning and I really liked it after like wanting to play it for like a year. Yeah, I just didn't. I just, yeah, that's kind of just like uh, I I I wanted like I I downloaded it day one. I'm just like I don't know why I've not played this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's really cute and the way that the the theme the themes in Drowning Drowning um like I it it it's a it's a part of the queer experience that's really kind of subtle sure, sure in the way that and it's cool with how they address and it's really cool with how she addresses it mm-hmm. uh it's a it's definitely a small story it's like one of her half hour games um but i think the way it gets to that little theme is really touching yeah so i really like drowning drowning too that's cool i pretty much like all of Nami's games yeah like that she's not missed <laughs> like she's not gonna miss yeah. you know so mm. what's this one like the worst i can say is that some of them um, well, th- that's kind of that kind of ties into Starry Flowers because I feel like if I have one criticism with Nami, it's um, some of the games can feel like a little bit 
truncated. Like, I could imagine them feeling a little bit fuller. Mm. Um, and maybe landing a little bit harder as a result. Like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest one for me in that was um, Her Tears Were My Light. Because mm. that, that game's about a half hour long, and it's a branching visual novel story. And it basically just kind of cuts, gets straight to the the catharsis. Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of yeah. In yeah that, that, that can work for some people. It, it, like I kind of need a little more yeah. setup on things like that. Yeah, and I, and I do too, and that's why that's probably not. I know that's a lot of people's favorite, but mm-hmm. um, that's probably not one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I think for me, it's like my favorites are sort of the ones that go a little bit longer and build up to like sort of quieter final moments like Wandering Wolf Trick or Dreaming Tree. Yeah. Um, I love those. And Starry Flowers is a two-hour, 27K word, kinetic visual novel from Nom Nom Nami. And it is a slow burn romance that focuses almost entirely on two people. Nice. So it is... It is, like, probably her most fleshed out game ever. Woo. Um, while still having all the charm and discipline of her smaller, of her short form works. Um, and this game was so fucking good. I played it for two straight hours and finished it. And then like seven hours later, I played the entire thing through again with my partner and had just a completely nice time both times. Just riveted to the screen. That's, that's pretty wild. It's not rare that like I replay a visual novel like ever for one but to go back immediately and want to do that again like just you know right from the jump that's pretty crazy yeah um it was also just personal things because i really wanted to you wanted to share that i really wanted to experience the story with i really wanted to experience that story with monty because for a lot of reasons yeah um also this is also unlike every other non-nami game this game is about two boys. Whoa! Two didn't, know, didn't know. Didn't know. she had it in her. I know. I was like, wait, what? Wait a minute. What? <laughs> it's a game about two boys falling in love. I see that. I, I just, I have not dipped my toe into boys' like, love at all. No, I, I just barely have touched it. Mm. Um, and that feels like an oversight, really. Because mm, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it feel it feels so nice. It's so nice. It's just because it's just it's just it's just a little it's just a little different. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit different, and it, it's different in a nice way. And it's like oh oh oh. Um, and the two characters in this are Periwinkle and Pastille, and Periwinkle is and incorrigible flirt just absolutely merciless just going just going to town from the jump doesn't let up for the whole game and we're in his head oh good (laughs) and it's so fucking good and pastille is from syrup and he's one of my favorite characters from syrup um syrup in the ultimate suite which is (laughs) the game about the gumdrop the the candy golem (laughs) who (laughs) wants to be eaten um and Pastille is gentle and shy and pink and it's cute. Oh my god. Um, so a really cool thing with this is how it handles sex. 
because it literally starts with them going on a date and going home and then fucking. Yo! Chapter... <laughs> yep. And that is chapter one of seven chapters, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's not my... That's not what I usually see in romance stories. I don't usually... Sex is usually the... It's usually if like it, the, there... the end goal of these types of stories, typically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to like throw visual novels under the bus. No, but, but I, it's kind of like that's of... your that's your prize yeah. for winning, I guess. A lot of the time <laughs> is you got the here's yeah. the sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm po- I'm certain there's a ton of um, bands that handle this maturely. That sure. I just I've been playing fucking Fate, so I, I haven't seen them. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but so getting so having it start from there and handled maturely, it's not smut. It doesn't go into detail at all. It's just that this is a fact of the story yeah. is that they are having sex and it handles that nicely and maturely. Um, also, that they're both adults. That's nice too. Um, like, it's just a very different flavor of of love story that feels a lot more true to like my life and my lived experiences. Hmm. Um, and the way things progress and the way Periwinkle is a huge fucking flirt and also is really walled off in some specific ways and the ways that the game explores that and the way and being inside his head for all of it um, it is impossibly cute <laughs> and also well observed and mature in a way that I wasn't that I always expect from now. Sure, games, yeah. Like it, it kind of blindsided me. But just maybe these kinds of stories, you 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 you're not used to seeing maybe this much maturity. Yeah, you're you're you expect shortcuts. Yeah, you expect to jump over the jump over the kind of quieter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game doesn't do that. You are just there is. You're just really in his head dealing with this romantic arc in a way that's really fucking cool and just tapped in that it, t- it hit close to home, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really fucking love this game. This is my favorite. This is my favorite Nami game. Um, wow. Which like is that's... saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I think it's still Wandering Wolf Trick because I think that that's just kind of like the most solid it's so goddamn good. Yeah, that one is just amazing um i haven't replayed it in a bit i, I re- i'm gonna i'm gonna that's the one i specifically want to play again top to finish because i think i watched all the dreaming treat again on, on yeah either your stream or whoever streamed it uh after five oh, uh streamed five, it i believe and i and i and like mm-hmm. uh before like the next one comes out i'm probably gonna stream all of them again so nice. definitely looking forward to kind um, of i think either going back into that world again I know it's, um, it's she's working on syrup too, which I'm excited about. Yeah, and yeah. And also the next treat game. Yeah. Um, like it's sad that it's been like two years since the last treat, but also yeah, she's put out a bunch of good stuff since then, and I'd rather her do that than force it. Yeah, like it, it definitely sounds like she's kind of at the point with treat now where it's so much more involved than when it started. That first game is literally like 25 minutes and just a mm. few screens, and then by the time we get to dreaming treat, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. so, so like those games take a lot longer. They, they probably require a lot more like 
actually thinking about where we're going storyline wise because we're considering a bigger picture um whereas these smaller stories are definitely like easier to take on easier to kind of keep you motivated for the bigger project mm -hmm. yeah this game she apparently chewed through this whole made this whole game in three months i big relate big relate long we spent on her lullaby <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she she was just talking about how it just flowed it yep. just was like completely every part of it just kind of came naturally just the the, story, the love of these boys just was inside <laughs> me all along and then it just, I just needed to explode out of me into the world mm. just just like the way we wanted to keep uh, killing those precious girls over and over again we just needed to explode that out into the world I did not oh her lullaby okay yeah. I was confused for a second like Wait, what all right, all right. that's not that's not Nami <laughs> Yeah, it was which yeah also felt close to home with um our with our lullaby experience. Mm -hmm. So this, I think this is not one to miss, especially if you are if you like the idea. I mean, I didn't necessarily like the idea of a twenty seven k word slow burn romance that's completely focused on that, mm -hmm. but it very much won me over, and it makes me want to maybe seek out more of those kinds of experiences. Nice. Um. So this was an absolute delight, and it was exactly what I needed to play the day after finishing another game, which we'll get to later. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> this was the, this was the this was the recovery period, the, the palate cleanser, <laughs> the healing. This was the, the bag of cotton candy, <laughs> the, the bag of cotton candy directly into my gob um, that I needed. So, Brett. What have you been up to? So I also finished the thing. Uh oh. About <laughs> about two weeks ago, I guess I finished it Monday, and then didn't feel like doing anything for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think what you said was, "Go ahead." Yeah. Won't spoil it. I said I finished Omori and was sad for a week. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Uh, so I've I've bounced back. I, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles Four. Hey, I've been Ooh. wondering about this. I like that first game a whole lot. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. It's the first game again. <laughs> <laughs> it's work. like it's the Northern Front, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So this series has a kind of a weird history. Yeah. So I've got the game of FAQs page pulled up, so I can quote all the dates. Valkyria Chronicles 1 was a PS3 exclusive released in 2008. Yep. <laughs> then they made a sequel, Valkyria Chronicles 2, for the PSP oh. in 2010. So it was a Japanese-only, that never got localized, Japanese-only PSP game, the and sequel. It, and it, it like took out all of like the defining artwork that made that game yeah. what it was. They made it like a high school setting. <laughs> Yeah, it did the whole now we're in high school thing. It was set, you know, two years after the war or something. Yeah. I've never really heard anybody say anything nice no, about this game. Nothing at all. <laughs> and then a year after that, they made another PSP exclusive, Valkyria Chronicles 3. Oh, yep. So, so, so we're at 2011 now, and that game, it goes back to being set at the same time as the first game during the same war. Yep. And people say that one is, is good really and has good. kind of a dark darker tone yep also never got localized though nope because <laughs> fuck the psp 
the PSP in 2011. Yeah, just bad not, all around. I don't remember when the Vita came out, but it was like, I'm pretty sure it was dead in the West long oh, before it, that. It, it was dead in the West in 2008. <laughs> yeah. So after that, it looked like the series was dead. Mm-hmm. So in 20, I guess end of 2013, I got a PS3, and then in 2014, I bought the original game on PS3, mm-hmm. and then a month later, a month it came later, to... it gets fucking ported out of nowhere, out of literal nowhere. This, you know, I guess it would have been eight years old or six years old. That's not that, not that old, but six years later, it just shows up on Steam, like with no warning. Yep. And it and it does really well there because it's like, an amazing port. Yeah, amazing port, and it's a strategy game. Hey, they they kind of like strategy games on PC. Yep. So then after that, they ported it. They did a remaster version on PS4 and stuff. And now, basically, Valkyria Chronicles Four feels like they just took the remaster and just made a new game with that. Yeah, that's like, kind of the impression I get from hmm. looking at this game. So the thing about it is, is having played the original game, this feels like a direct sequel to the original game mm-hmm. and just, and that it, it, it ignores whatever two and three originally did. <laughs> it is just this sidestep, like divergent where it's like, this is the, as far as the West is concerned, this is, this the, is the sequel. This is the only other one available. This is the actual sequel. This is actual Valkyria Chronicles 2. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, like one and three, it is set during the same war as the, and during the same time period. Right. Like they, they mention like the invasion of Galia happening, like yeah. a couple missions into this game. Like it is the same time frame. I think they even have the exact year of like 1935 mm-hmm. is when they're all set. So they've made some, it's weird because it just, it plays exactly like the first game. Oh, like, that can be good and bad because that first game on the surface really strategy, but you can yeah. actually solo most of the maps if you know what you're doing. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so that's the thing where it's like it's not an overhaul; it's just hey, we've made some smart changes to the balance to kind of stop scouts from being okay. That, that's yeah. good. That's good. Because that, that's something Scout- that always bothered me about that game. Is I love that first game to death. It's just the strategy yeah. element. And the way you're graded on strategy is just like, do it in as few turns <laughs> as possible. Okay, I've got a scout. Let's do it in one turn. Unfortunately, the speed that speed aspect is still the same. Oh, you're still graded on as many turns. I know. Uh. The scouts are still very good, but everybody feels like they've been boosted up. Except for snipers. Snipers seem to kind of suck right now. Oh no! They were so good in that first game! I know! Um, So they've added one new unit, which is the Grenadier. Grenadier, right. They, uh... They're interesting. So, I'll explain how this game works for John, is that you have kind Mm -hmm. of a top view of the map and where all your units are, like a normal strategy game, and then when you select a unit, it zooms in and becomes a third-person shooter, basically. So like you're you're okay. directly controlling a character running around on a map, and enemies are literally in real time shooting at you. So like you've got to move your characters very quickly and definitively to avoid taking as much like interception fire as possible. Hmm. And then when you go into A mode, like time stops and they'll stop shooting at you, so you can line up your headshots. But like, and then you're manually aiming at enemies and trying to shoot them, you know, in the head where it does more damage. So it's an interesting hmm. like hybrid of. It's primarily strategy, but there is, like, that real-time element of, like, 
like sometimes you, the enemies, like when you stop to take your shot, like you will, because it's a, you have to stop to do, you're playing an RPG, so you've got to stop and actually take your turn to pull your gun up yeah. and shoot. Enemies are still firing at you while you're lining up your shot and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Grenadiers, so certain classes will have interception fire, like they'll just shoot at you if, even if it's not their turn. Mm-hmm. Grenadiers also do that. (laughs) So they have really fucking strong counter, like, interception fire damage. Mm -hmm. But as long as you keep running, they'll generally miss you because they're aiming at where you currently are. Yeah. But boy, if they hit you, like, your character just, like, goes flying and falls over. (laughs) Oh, no! And, like, there's an effect where, like, you know, the tinnitus static in your ear. Oh, that's so good. Plays. That's oh, one of my man. favorite. That's the, one of my... The, <laughs> yes! I love the simulation of tinnitus yeah. in uh, a sound design. It's so yeah. good. And your characters are just like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so, like, lining those... So, basically, that's one of the things that really keeps scouts from being overpowered is if there's a grenadier in the enemy camp and mm-hmm. you try to go near them, they're going to fuck you up. Because when you stop to line up your shot and the next, you know, round comes down, you'll just get knocked out of it. Because, mm. oh, your character's over there now because they just got blown <laughs> the fuck up. I love the blowing characters across the fucking map sounds real fun. Oh, the, the, the ragdolls are pretty ridiculous. Like when you kill an enemy and they just swamp. Like it's really goofy. <laughs> it's always good. It's my favorite. It's so silly because when char- all these, you know, anime girls, like the one, one of the girls I like is named Nico. <laughs> But she's like a super religious girl, so like she's like, I'm so sorry. Headshot, headshot, headshot. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, so this is war. <laughs> yep, definitely shooting people in the head. This is definitely but I just, war. But she's a scout, so I just like run up behind enemies and shoot them in the head. <laughs> she's airing out brain cavities over here, and she is praying to her lord. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I just. Got a thing last night where, like, at level 10, classes get upgraded, so the shock troopers got a fucking flamethrower now, which seems pretty good. That sounds fun. I like setting things yeah. on fire. And the scouts got a grenade, like, attachment for their rifles, which seems a little broken. Oh, and I'm like, oh, no, they're back to one-shotting everybody from a distance. Oh, dear. Because it's like, you get one ammo for it, but then that one ammo replenishes every turn, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, they seem pretty good again. Um, you know, there's the they've made some balances to like not have quite as many like instant fail states in a mission. Oh, good. Like, yeah, that could be like a your main com- in the original. Your main commander, he still has a tank. Of course. The mission does not end if you lose the tank. Oh, really? Like, <clears throat> yeah, I was really surprised the first time that happened. It just goes, "Oh, the Hoffen has retreated." Oh, that's that's wild because that's kind of like the, the whole thing yeah. is protecting and utilizing the tank as much as possible in that first game. Like it was fun to kind of puzzle out some missions where you were using the tank as cover and having to progress that way. Yeah, the tank. The tank only costs one, you know, action unit to move now. Mm. But and you can lose it. Yeah, and the mission won't end. That's cool. So it's, it was just really frustrating before because I don't like saving during the missions because that gets really kind of that feels scummy. real save scum. Yeah, I don't save during so, missions. So the first time a, a lancer got behind the tank and just one shotted it, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck! And then it just keeps going. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm good. We're we're fine. I mean, I yeah, can, I can, I can keep playing. I can keep playing the video game. 
Yeah, because the missions, because of the whole, like, real-time moving your character around, they do tend to drag on a bit, like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's a bummer when you lose. Yeah. Not fun. Um, It's not fun to lose a a big, in a strategy game, it is not fun to lose a 20-minute map. Yeah. But it's really exciting when you're close to losing and pull it out. I love that. I like winning by the skin of my teeth. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a little like armored car vehicle. I think there's something similar in the first game that can kind of move the slower units. Yeah, all at once to get APC. Yeah, they've so they've added a thing that I'm almost positive wasn't in the first one is that you know the units that like count as commanders besides like your main commander like like Rosie in the first game would be one. Mm-hmm. They can do a thing where they'll like say follow me to some other squaddies and then move them all as one kind of three person group. Uh-huh. So it's just like, so you don't have to rely on the car all the time. Oh, that's, this sounds really convenient. Yeah, they've made smart changes and like none of the, none of the characters that can do that are scouts. So you can't get a ton of distance with it. That's smart. Yeah. It's like a grenadier, a shock trooper and a sniper are your three that can do that. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the grenadiers, like when they move and when they put their turret down to set up, it takes like several seconds they're super vulnerable to interception fire during that oh yeah that's so you really want to keep them far away and then like i think there's more units that count as armored or doing like damage to i forget like the grenadiers by default they do armor damage to humans yeah but uh the the Lancers, they count as armored, so they're really good for sneaking up on Grenadiers. Right. It just feels like a lot more balanced and like, hey, like, Lancers were very one note in the first game. They oh, kill yeah. tanks. Yeah, like, and now they feel like. Yeah. Now they yeah, have so an anti personnel them... use as well, which kind of, you know, yeah. like, that was the problem in the first game. They didn't have an anti personnel yeah. use. Yeah, now they're good for, <laughs> you know, turrets and tanks and Grenadiers. That's smart. So, like, yeah. Lots of smart changes to the balance and, like, the gameplay side, but still extremely similar to the first game where it's just like for, you know, a game that came out like a decade later. Yeah. Yeah. Literally 10 years later, it was 2018 is when this came out. So 10 years after the first game, they just kind of made it again. That's good though. Like like, you're going to, if you're going to make, if you're going to make a game, you might as well make it. Yeah. Make the game that you made already because it was already good. Like I'm fine with that. I love that first game. And because no one has really quite done the same thing where the whole how you move your units hasn't been really replicated. Yeah. Like, I believe the XCOM developers said they were inspired by it, but that was more like the camera angles when you move your units. It goes down, kind of ground. It's not actual real time like it is in this. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, The story, it takes a long time to get going. Not super long, but like, it's very basic at the start. Mm. And then... You know, it, it picks up. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting into these characters. I like them. Uh, there are these things called squatty stories where it's like you're kind of random generic characters that can permadeath, mm-hmm. will have missions attached to them <laughs> that, you can, that you can lose access to if they actually die. Oh, no. There's this funny prompt that pops up. It goes, dead soldiers cannot be deployed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm shocked. Did you did you uh, did you find the other mode? There's another what? mode in there where like if you like like it's a mode where for some reason you like your character has to use the bathroom really bad, and oh, they, they they call it squatty stories. Okay, 
Ah, <laughs> 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 <sighs> oh, thank and you for indulging me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought, "Oh, Polly knows this game. She knows something about it." And then, it, and then it's a poop joke. <laughs> <laughs> also, the version on Steam now—they said "fuck it" and stopped selling the DLC. And you got so all like, the DLC now. The version on Steam is just the complete edition now, yep. and it has like, "Oh, team up with Squad uh, Seven or uh, yeah, Squad Seven from the first game." Yeah, and I guess you can get some of them as playable characters, like Rosie. Which is just like, okay. Hopefully she's not a racist in this one. But it's during the war, so she probably is. Yeah. Probably. No, it's just like, I kind of like just wanting to focus on the new characters. Yeah, and like, the, the, new cast, on. the new cast seems really, like, they seem fine. Yeah, they're fine. But they they just got to throw in that fan service. For right, for sure. They're just like, yeah. no, I want Alicia again or whoever. Yeah. Although, if they let you deploy two tanks, that might be interesting. Because hmm. I, I think you can't get the tank from the first game as well. I mean, why not? I'm not I'm not sure if they'd let you. That would good. really... It's a pretty real, good tank. Re, yeah. <laughs> Except that every time it gets hit, you've lost the mission instantly. <laughs> that, that part sucks. <laughs> that part sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really enjoying this game. It seems very long, so I will be playing it again next week, probably. Weird, like because that first game is not super long. It's only like eighteen chapters or something. I mean, I only looked at game FAQs. It says for the first game, it says forty-five hours, and the new one and VC four says sixty-nine hours. Jeez, that sounds like maybe if you're grinding all of the skirmishes for like oh, extra ducats and stuff. But I wonder if the, I wonder if that's including like all the DLC stuff because some of them sound pretty point. involved. That's a good like, point. A couple of, like, when these missions can be, like, you know, half an hour long, and sure, there's two sure. in one of those DLCs, like, there's an hour there, there's an hour there. It adds up. Yeah. So I'm, like, how long to, how long to be How long to beat says that Valkyria Chronicles Remastered is 28 hours, and Valkyria Chronicles 4 is 36 hours. That sounds probably close. That sounds a little okay. more reasonable to me. But, yeah, still, but, but generally longer than the first game was. Yeah. Which, mm. okay. Yes. That's true of all four games, of all three subsequent games. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean there are four games? There's only two in America. <laughs> well, the, didn't, didn't they, didn't they release two, Valkyria two did Revolution here? Two. Wait. Oh, two did come two? out in the States. Tom pointed that out in yeah, the Yeah, two chat. came out oh here. So did Valkyria and every, Revolution. And everybody hated it. <laughs> and then they, they didn't localize three, the one people like were... The, the uh, one that everybody shows. wanted. Like, they were literally yeah. begging... Se- like, come on, dude. Like, look, you guys know that second game was garbage. Give us the good Man. one. I can't believe two came out, but not three. That sucks. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, two basically killed the franchise over here until remastered. Okay, that's good. There is a fan translation for three now, and PSP yeah. emulation is solid. Right. So there you go. You want to play three? Okay. By all means, it's there. It's just that, mm-hmm. yeah, this game may as well like the development was just like we're ignoring those two. Yeah, just the way it's mm-hmm. so clearly like nothing feels like. Like, franchises can kind of have, like, this accumulation of systems when you go, like, multiple entries. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that. This feels like very smart changes to the first game sure. and the first game only. Sure. So that's that's the main thing I've been up to. Cool. The last few days. Yep. Polly! Yes! What have you been up to? Playing a video game! Just nah. one! Just one! Only played one. Oh, really? Yep. You only played one. 
I did. I did. I played one video game. Uh, I played. I played a video game called Labyrinth of Refrain, Coven of Dusk. So sometimes, mm. you all know me. Still the same old G, but a bit low key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went with that, but sure. Um, we uh, we we know that sometimes I'm in. I like me a nice systemsy dungeon crawler. Um, and, and usually for yes. that fix these days, I, I more often than not, I just I, I just go with the comfort food. It's like, oh hey, let's play some Labyrinth of Toho or let's play Etrian Odyssey four for the nineteenth time. Uh, despite the fact that I have like five and I've not played it yet, <laughs> I've played the first stratum. I just bounced off of it for some reason. But man, I love four a whole lot, and I don't know why. That one's just the one. It's just like it's like it lacks all the quality of life improvements that five has and everything. But I'm just like, man, I love me this slow ass dungeon crawler. Uh, but yeah, I like me some systemsy dungeon crawlers. Um, and Labyrinth of Refrain is one that has been consistently recommended to me, both directly and there are some uh, people that I follow on YouTube where they've like you know, ranked dungeon crawlers and like this and Mary Skelter for some reason rank very consistently high uh, on those lists. So uh, with this one being the very systemsy one where it's just like you, you, you get into this one prepared for like the first seven hours, the game's still going to be tutorializing you on things, which mm. is fine because that <laughs> because this is a game that is by the creators of Disgaea and Disgaea just dumps everything on you on the first mission and I just, my brain shuts down and my eyes glaze over, blood shoots out my nose, I wake up two years later, don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Somebody had to explain to me that I had put Disgaea into my PS2 and that's why I ended up in a coma for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that so, but so for a long story short, that's why Labyrinth of Refrain kind of ended up on my to do list. Even though I didn't like this guy, they're like, mm -hmm. they're like this is like the super dungeon crawly anime goodness that you want. Like you, you liked Etrian Odyssey, mm -hmm. you like all that good stuff. This is the one because this is a real deep version of that. Um, <clears throat> so. This is a this is a story heavy game, uh, which kind of surprised me because these okay. these don't typically go that route. Like uh, Labyrinth of Refrain is very story and dialogue heavy, which was refreshing for me because like with Atrian Odyssey, you literally mm -hmm. fire that thing up in five minutes, you have created your team and you are in a dungeon. <laughs> like Atrian Odyssey, just like you know what we know what you're here for, just go do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> With this game, like it's good, like like that you you get thrown into the dungeon for like a you know kind of like cutscene reasons and, and and all of that, but you don't really start mm -hmm. digging into the dungeoning part of this game for probably like forty five minutes or so of just getting used to the characters, getting used to the setup. Um, in the first five minutes, the main character has tossed a sheep down a well. Because she's a very nice person. <laughs> she's a very nice person. <laughs> <clears throat> she like I hit my I hit my um, animal cruelty funny bone. Drew. <laughs> God. Uh, Dronia is uh, the main character. She's uh, she is Duskwitch Dronia, and she's kind of an asshole, uh, as may be evident from her tossing a sheep down a well. Um, well, she had to see, because see, like, the, the, the setup is we're visiting this town, uh, and we've heard that there's this well, and 
for some reason, people can't go down it. Like, people die. So she had to test it oh. somehow. What's she going to do? Throw the kid down that she's traveling with? That's That kid's probably important. You can't throw the kid down the well. That's what you said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's kind of the main crux is that like you can't go down into the well because you're human. So she, being a witch, like you think, well, that, that kind of sucks for her. What are you going to do? So, well, she's able to use a magic book the 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 the, the tractatus de non the mon the tractatus de monstrum uh and she can make puppet soldiers uh to send into the dungeon and do uh all the dirty work for her hmm. um so like 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 um i, I kind of got to give a, a a bit of a warning up front because this game kind of caught me off guard with a really ugly scene like mm -hmm. in the first hour or so there's a pretty grody attempted rape uh, at the start of this game. Um, a nun uh, tries to rape uh, Dronia, and what? it's really like like it, I I think they're trying to play it for a laugh, but it's really weird because Dronia's reaction Dronia's reaction to it is one that feels very PTSD, like she throws up. It's very uncomfortable uh, and weird. Uh, and then that character just gets to hang around with you for seemingly the rest of the game and still being a creepy fucking weirdo. Despite the fact that she was literally creepy. Like, they go pretty in detail about her, about this girl creeping up on Dronia and some real. Like, she's really handsy and they're not shy about where those hands are going. It's real gross and. I don't know what I was supposed to get from that. Game's got a tone problem, you know, there. like you know, kind of like yeah, that's weird. Like, like, and and it's kind of also <clears throat> trying to do it with all of their characters. You know, you know how kind of Suba kind of has a cast of characters where they're all just uh -huh. assholes, but yeah. they're endearing. Mm -hmm. This feels like they were trying for that, but they forgot the endearing part because Droni is just kind of mean all the time, and it's it's not funny. Like she's just, I don't like like she literally takes a little girl's birthday away. It's weird. Like, I, like what are you trying to do, video? Like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like there's just something about the tone. It feels a little more mean spirited than maybe they meant it to be. I don't know. This game's got weird tone problems and the rape thing. Like right up at the start. Yeah. Which, that's like, like in the 20 hours that I have played of this game, that's the only time that this game has done something like that. But, yeah, going in, know that, mm -hmm. like, in that first hour and a half, there's a real fucking weird, creepy raper nun, and it's awkward as shit. Um, that's so weird. It is, like, I don't know, like, what was I supposed to get out of this? Is this, like, a mistranslation? Like, did we just completely fucking miss the point? Like... Yeah, it just, it made me very uncomfortable and almost just kind of want to push the game away right then and there. Like, it just, it yeah. wasn't, especially mm -hmm. just like, uh, I mean, if you're going to do rape humor, like, you've really <laughs> got to dig real hard to find a way to make that fucking work and be funny, because it's probably yeah. never, it's never going to be funny to me, um, and it wasn't funny when Konosuba tried it either. With that weird sauna uh -huh. episode, like it wasn't funny when uh -huh. they did it either. 
It's it wasn't just... funny when they did in the movie extensively oh, over God. and over. For some reason. Yikes. So yeah, yeah. like just uh, just some content warning stuff up front for this game, at least in the storyline wise. But but like other than that, like the story, like it seems to be going somewhere good. Like they seem to be doing things with it like way more than I would expect from a dungeon crawler to be. Like they're really invested in this story of this world and these characters and their histories and and, and stuff. So that stuff hooked me. Like okay, like, okay. We're staying away from we're at least staying away from the gross stuff for a while. Uh, the long enough for me to get back into it. it's like okay you got me I'm here for the story I'm interested what's what's this what's this witch's connection to this little girl what's going on here um, and th- and they start exploring that in a very good and earnest fashion thankfully um, mm-hmm. despite the fact that like uh, again the tone and the way everybody acts is just fucking weird and off putting a lot of the time. Um, so again, there's like a, a systems-heavy dungeon crawler, and I'm not gonna try and cover everything because there's there's a lot of systems in this game, but there's nothing really that's all that hard to figure out or understand. Um, but basically, the idea is you create puppets and you send them into a dungeon. They're ultimately like eight classes that you can mix and match into soul packs. So a soul pact is what grants you active abilities. So, like, if you want your sword person to have an active ability in battle that you can select, you need to give them a soul pact that has that ability. The characters only get passive abilities when you create them and when you level them up. All of their active abilities come from what soul pact you put them in. And then... From there, you put characters into covens, and each slot of a coven offers its own unique property. Like, this slot has a defense boost, this slot has a lower aggro rate, and this one decreased the cost of using active skills. And you just kind of like, you build a team of up to five covens, and you send that into a dungeon. So, if we, if we I'll run the numbers by you here, because it's a little crazy, you can have up to 15 frontline attackers. And depending on what soul packs you're setting up, you can have anywhere from 5 to 30 support characters that are not even participating in combat. Oh my god. It's a little ridiculous. Um, so you go into the dungeon, and it's your standard fare. It's a first-person dungeon crawler. Big, sprawly, mazy maps. Enemy encounters, puzzles, trappy traps. You know, all that kind of fun stuff. You complete certain objectives. You go, you basically like they'll like 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 they'll pull up a big blank portion of the map and be put a, put a put an exclamation point there and be like, this is where we something important is probably going to happen, or this is where you need to go mm-hmm. to trigger the next part of the story. Uh, and then you have to find out how to get there through your use of the map and that you know getting through various obstacles, finding you know, like working your way around enemies that you're not strong enough to fight yet. Like th- this is all very common uh dungeon crawly stuff um and the 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 first person fights um where you typically you only have to enter uh commands in combat per coven so you only have to enter up to five commands at a time so you don't actually have to go through and enter 15 you can do that (laughs) you can you can spend resources to issue individual commands to every character, but it's not really required. I, I I didn't find like like most of the time, uh, to sweep normal fights, you'll just like you'll press triangle, which does uh, auto attack, and then you have everyone just auto attack, and that's usually enough uh, to get you through um, 
pretty much all the trash fights that you'll run across. Um, and it, it's, it's, it doesn't really get that much more complicated um, when, when you're doing normal dungeon-y stuff. Um, the game does kind of start falling apart uh, structure-wise and, 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 and mechanics-wise when you kind of get to, like, um, boss fights. Uh, because boss fights, or that, mm. that's like where all of your character and coven creation all have to kind of come together. Like, all of these systems have to really work for these big set-piece moments. You know, boss fights and dungeon crawlers, like, this is the big tactic set pieces, right? This is where you know, like the big things happen. The part of the big, the part of the game that makes you feel good uh, yeah. when you finally crack it. Um, but like with the way that this game is set up, I just never got the feeling in this game that I was accomplishing much because your puppets, like for all the creation and stuff you can do to them, and all the pieces of equipment you can give them, they all just kind of feel like jars of numbers that you're throwing against the computer's jars of numbers, and you're kind of just hoping all mm -hmm. of yours don't break first. <laughs> um, your classes mm -hmm. that you create puppets as, they again, like they they only have passive abilities, so leveling them up, like, you don't get anything cool from doing it. Like, you don't get that, like, brush of, like, investing skill points into a level up, which is like, ah, oh, now I've got an extra point in this skill that I like. Uh, because everything is tied to just putting them in a soul pact that has an ability, and those abilities never level up. Like, they don't get better. Mm. Like, covens do level up, but the only thing that levels up about them is that it costs less mana to send them into the labyrinth. And that's the only benefit. So, like, which doesn't, it, which doesn't like tickle the brain too much. No, it it, it really, really doesn't. And like, um, so like, if I wanted to create a caster type, uh, a character, like, okay, I can create a mage, but that mage doesn't have any spells. They have passive abilities that make using magic worthwhile. Like, they have a higher magic stat and they have higher magic growth. But if I don't have soul packs that have cool spells in them, which is a big fucking problem I ran into playing this video <laughs> game, is that I literally only found, like, mm -hmm. two magic soul packs that had, like, like, two bad spreads of spells that were just never felt, effect that never felt effective because I couldn't really exploit weaknesses. Um, it it mm -hmm. kind of, like, falls flat. Like, so what's the point of having mages if I can't really give them, like, one to three spells that I'm not really interested in using or aren't really useful right now? And, and trying to mm -hmm. team build like this, it just felt fruitless and frustrating to me um, most of the time. Because it, it just felt like I have all these tools here, all of these soul packs laying around, um, but none of them were worth enough of a damn for me to feel like I was micromanaging my team in the way that I think the game wanted me to believe that I was. Hmm. Like, everything has just hmm. got all of these big moving parts and pieces and, and, and systems and numbers, but none of it really feels like it matters. It's so weird and empty hmm. to me. Hmm. Um, it's just a lot of, well, I, I'm going to put you, 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 and you in this crappy pack, and I guess because that's the, the only way I'll get poison arrow rain, even though my character is supposedly a sniper archer, I guess. Um, I think that that's kind of like bit by bit 
like as, as I kept playing the game, and I, it, it kept just getting more and more frustrated with the systems and how everything felt mm-hmm. like it was trying to restrict me and be adversarial and never giving me the chance to feel like I was actually putting together plans that were good or building characters or, or making characters that I felt attached to. It's like, yeah, like you can make the same argument that like Etrian Odyssey 4's characters are like, they're not important parts in the story. They're not like, like they don't have dialogue. They don't have anything like, like, like majorly relevant beyond what you build them as. But I feel that as I build those characters, like they, they, they become something. They start telling their own story um, with each individual unit that you make and level up and invest points and time and money into. Whereas this is just like, I'm making numbers bigger um, and the enemy's numbers are getting bigger, I guess. That's fun. Um, and I just kept running up against that. And like, it's like, am I playing this game wrong? Like, what am I doing here? So, and it's just like, and trying to find answers online was about as fruitful as you expect. Because like, everybody wants to feel special that they play the game that outsiders might look at and say it's complicated. So everyone's a big fucking expert. And they only talk in in-game terms. Like, you can't, you can't find somebody that is like level 30 in this game and be like, how am I doing for this part of the game? Am I doing things right? Am I, am I doing okay? When like everybody's just talking about like all of this end game shit that nobody mm-hmm. at 20 hours in needs to be thinking about. It's just like, why are you telling me that I need to start destroying my characters at level 99 and re-level them? I'm level 30, 20 <laughs> hours into the game. <laughs> this is not what I'm here for. I just... I want an answer to my immediate problem of, am I playing this game right? Mm -hmm. I could never get a straight answer from anybody. It's just the way people talk about this game drove me fucking nuts. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so I guess to kind of like to, 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 to bring, to bring this segment to its climax, we'll tell the story of how, uh, uh, of this game's final moments for me. Um, well, it's a little bit of a long story, but I, but, but, but it has, you have to have the full context to kind of where I was at when I finally kind of put this game down and said, enough, I can't. So I got to the end of the third stratum, which I'm doing well. Like, I, I feel like I did pretty well getting there. Like my numbers feel good. Like I'm handling like all of the normal fights here. I handled every mini boss coming up to everything just fine like i did great like i feel like i'm like you know after giving up on the internet and asking i was like you know what no i feel like i'm playing the video game the way that it probably wants to be played i'm making steady progress through the labyrinth here i'm i'm in that loop you get into when you're playing these kinds of games um so i got to the boss and he pushes my shit in just completely utterly embarrassingly (laughs) Uh, I'm level 30, and I'm, I'm just like, I cannot put a strategy together that works. And every video I go to look at, at this boss fight, is 15 to 20 levels higher than me. So, like, cool, surely there's no way I'm meant to do this right now. And I'm not going to sit there and fucking grind 20 levels. Where am I going to grind 20 levels? I don't know any fucking grind mm-hmm. spots. 
I'm not gonna grind 20 levels for one boss. Are you out of your mind? How do these people do that? How do you go through that monotony? And, and, and then there's, there's people on the Steam forum, and they're just like, oh no, that boss is optional. And I'm like, what? Uh, like, why is it optional? Like, my the problem is, it's like you're telling me this boss is optional, but I'm looking at my map, and it says, next objective, defeat <laughs> troll shaman, and report to Dronia. Like, that doesn't sound optional to me. So, I, despite my, my but despite me being a logical thinker. And what the UI is telling me, I say, mm -hmm. okay, fine. Let's go explore a little more. And hey, I found an entrance to another dungeon. Okay, maybe we're right okay. here. Maybe it's okay. So about an hour into the next dungeon, uh, I stop being able to make progress. Like, I'm doing the dungeon thing where it's like, go to these checkpoints on the map, and nothing's happening. Uh-oh. That's probably not good. So, uh... I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent just shut off from being able to advance in the game. All the waypoints are now gone. NPCs not talking to me anymore. Nothing's working. I I've also received no new story scenes. So I guess I gotta go back and beat the stupid boss. So a long story short on that is I. Do, do, doing the extra, doing that third dungeon, the dungeon that I had done after. Uh, giving up on the troll shaman mm -hmm. the first time. My, my party gained like six or seven levels. So we come back, mm -hmm. and I spend an hour just mashing my numbers against the troll shaman's numbers, and I finally win. Like, it literally was just... I could not put together any combination of covens, of soul pacts, of equipment, that would let me do anything but just bash my face into this fucking thing for an hour. And I finally win! Mm -hmm. I go to the next area. Yay! Waypoints are back. We did it, everybody. I'm getting story cutscenes again. It wasn't <laughs> optional. It's just a shitty boss. We're free, though. I did it. Hooray. The video game can resume. I'm feeling good again. I'm posting funny screenshots and laughing and ha ha. This game's funny. <laughs> I talk about it. <laughs> this game likes potatoes just as much as me. They say potatoes all the time. It's great. <laughs> It's not a lie either. That potatoes are p potatoes are for for some reason code word for boobs in this game. Don't ask oh me why. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking so idea dumb. why. But so stupid. Everybody's just like, you do like big potatoes, don't you? Jesus Christ, video game. So, but hey, like, but hey, back in a good mood again, right? We're playing the video game. We're making forward progress. So I go about exploring again. It's a fun, cool new dungeon. Like there's a there's a neat little bit of atmosphere going on. It's like the, the the setup for the new one. It's like there's a looming danger supposedly chasing us around, and it's Ooh. not really, but it's just it's got little waypoints all over the place where you'll go, and a cute little event will happen. And it'll be like stop, stop, stop. You hear somebody behind you, but you turn <laughs> around and can't find them. It's like oh, that's kind of cool. I like it. Um, and and, and um. Some of them you go into, and, like, there's a waypoint they'll be there. And you'll have a prompt that you have to press, and you, you trigger the next thrilling scene. And the prompt is, hide. Keep this in mind. It comes, hmm. pre press X to hide. Mm -hmm. That is important. Mm -hmm. So it's just a fun little fake game of being chased around a dungeon, but not really. Um, 
Uh, but you do have to go to these waypoints because that's how you continue the story. So I keep doing that. I get down mm-hmm. to like three or so waypoints left. What else you know, do you do at this point? You, you, you know, for 20 hours, I've been chasing the waypoints. That's what you do in this video game. Dronia says, I need you to do a thing in a dungeon. And then marks appear on my map and I go do the things in the dungeon. It's fantastic. And th- bees... <laughs> and these have never... I, I, I need to point this out. These, 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 these exclamation points have always been story moments. They've never once led to a hostile moment. They've never once led to combat. The game, okay. the game up to this point has been very fucking generous in saying, hey, you might not want to go to that next square because that's where the boss is. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that in mind. So, following what the game has told me, uh, its entire runtime. Uh, head toward a waypoint in the northern part of this floor. Go in. Look at the prompt. What does the prompt say? What do you think the prompt says? Hide. It says hide. John, points for you. Oh, yeah. The prompt. The, the, the prompt says hide. So what happens when you click the hide prompt? You Story hide. Events. You hide. You you hide. You stompy, stompy, stompy. Move to the next area. Move to the oh, next checkpoint. Right? Not this time. Uh oh. The game just lied to me. So what happens this time? For no reason whatsoever, and with absolutely no warning, no precedent for anything like this happening. Going into this safe hide prompt that I've done this entire dungeon, I am thrown into an inescapable, unwinnable fight where a giant super boss pushes my shit in in two turns. (laughs) I lose 200,000 stockpiled experience that all that I had gained on doing this stupid quest over the last hour. I lost all of my mana. And all of my puppets had broken limbs that I would need to repair and spend a shit ton of money on. My jaw hit the fucking floor. My controller probably hit the floor, too. (laughs) The controller hit the TV. (laughs) Uh, No, I think it's just like I had that moment where a game literally shocked me to the point of, are you... You just did that. You broke. You know, like, you broke. I felt so fucking angry and lied. Like, there was a level of trust. You broke my trust. Yes. Like, I. that's the only way I can put it. Is that I had trusted this game for 20 hours. We had gone through everything together. And it had all been the same. There had been bad downs at this point. But nothing that was just like out and out, the game just fucking lied to me. It just, it fucked me because it could. And and my brain at this point just auto-ejected the disc. I navigated to the system storage and deleted my save file and I vowed to never play this piece of shit game again. <laughs> like the mechanics were already getting on my nerves yeah. and they weren't satisfying but I like 
I was frustrated because I was here for what the, where the story was starting to go. Like, there was starting to be that moment of just like, oh, there's something deeper here. There's something more to this character. They've taken way too long to get here with her, but I'm starting to kind of get a glimpse of who she is and what she's really doing here. And I'm just like, you, you pulled me in. And this moment where the game literally just did the most video game thing that it could and just fucked me over. And it's just like, because, okay. In a very, very high-stakes dungeon crawl. It's a high-stakes dungeon crawl. Exactly. Like, you can't yeah. fuck with your communication that way. Yeah. Like, you like, need to be very clear with this stuff. Yeah. Like, this needs to be consistent. Like, if one thing in this game needs to be mm. consistent, it needs to be that kind of shit. Like, you can't just fuck the play. Like, that's such awful bullshit. Like, I thought we learned to stop doing this in the 90s bullshit. Um, and it's just like, like, yeah, this is a, go ahead. This isn't a game. This isn't a game with like, where you have checkpoints every two minutes. This well, isn't one of those games where like, okay, you, you have, you put a dumb quick time event here and I died and I have to go back. This is, yeah. Like you, you... robbed me of an hour of work mm. and like, and my brain was just like, how do I know you won't do that again? How do I know that, like, yeah, even uh -huh. if that's the one time this game does that, how do I know that doesn't happen again? Like, they go You'll be spending fuck the rest off. of the game dreading it. Exactly! Like, you can't enjoy the rest of the dungeon crawl that way, because you, you, like, you have to go into every fucking event now with it being suspect. It's just... Man, and, and it, it, it makes me so mad. Like, 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 this legitimately pissed me off. This is one of those, I like, mm. when I pulled the disc out, I literally wanted to snap it in half. <laughs> this is a game where it's just like, my, my, my first thought was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell somebody on Twitter if they want this video game, I will send it to them. But it's like, no, this video game is not worth the money that I would, I would sp spend sending it to anybody. <laughs> And it just, it makes me mad because, like, the, I was starting to get the hook. Even though it took 20 hours mm. and I was maybe even willing to struggle through systems that I wasn't 100% enjoying, the dungeon crawling part wasn't bad. Moving, like, 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 like the, the mm. navigation puzzle of working your way through, like, that third area, especially, was really fun. And now you have to worry about, like, does the rest of the game have a moment like that? Where I just get completely fucked for everything? I, I can't deal with that. The game, you're not that good. <laughs> you're not so good of a game that I'm willing to put my fucking time in and get fucked like that again. It's a real bummer. It pissed me off. Yeah. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I like, because there's a part of me that really, really wants to like this game, but I, I, no. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, the game crossed a line. <laughs> it you, crossed a couple lines. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have to, I'm giving it, I, I, despite the fact that this game pissed me off more than any game has pissed me off in a long fucking time. Cause I get, I think people maybe think that I get really, really mad at video games all the time when it's really just like, I have momentary bursts of frustration and it's like, okay. Like, the game is back in the console. That has not happened with mm. Labyrinth of Refrain. My save file is gone. 
That game's never going it in my console again. Earned. <laughs> yeah. This game is not going to be on my game of the year list. Uh, <laughs> just uh just a, you know, spoilers on that. Whoa, really? <laughs> End of the year you played 9 games. You're like, "Ah shit. Shit, man." All right. Number 8, Labyrinth of Refrain. That's when you quickly find a bitsy game on HIO, you can play in two minutes and be like, all right, there we go. Oh, we'll just, I'll just throw facets on there. Like, fine, we'll get facets its due. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I feel like... Um, and somehow facets actually got number nine afterwards. <laughs> yes, John? Um, I feel like you're really close to dungeon crawl language in a way that Honestly, like maybe I don't really know anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you got that, the Etching Odyssey, the Labyrinth of Toho, Toho Two stuff, the various other games. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're really tapped in to how that language works, mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool. <laughs> I think that's rad. <laughs> it, so I, that, that's what I was taking away, like listening to the Labyrinth, li- listening to those kind of big systems, mm-hmm. systems things was like. It's all numbers. All yeah. of these games are num- are b- numbers bouncing against each other. But how do? Why is it that this game's number bouncing is satisfying and this game's isn't? And like thinking really hard about that and listening to the thoughts. And that was that was yeah. like yeah, like useful. it. It comes down to that. like I I like that feeling. Like the char- like the characters you create in Etrian Odyssey again. They're just empty vessels, the same as labyrinth or, labyrinth of refrain characters that you make, but there's something much more substantive to the way that you put together an Etrian Odyssey character and that you have some more ownership over it and, and, and how they grow and how you can configure their loadouts. And, and, and um, you don't get that with Labyrinth of Refrain because everything is just like, it's so big. Like it has to accommodate the fact that you can have 15 frontline attackers and 30 fucking support characters. So you have to kind of strip away some of the granularity of character identity in order to just kind of make it more of a fucking Excel spreadsheet. And it's, you know, and again, like I'm mad at the fact that one, the game fucking did what it did to me, but I think that I'm more mad because I was just like, I was right there at the point where like, I could have probably played this as a comfort game and been totally fine. Just seeing it through and getting to the end. Like I, I was right there and the game was just the biggest fuck you imaginable. Uh, right there. It's like, I can't play the rest of this game, not knowing whether or not that'll ever happen yeah. again. So then I just like, cool, I'm going to play Etrian Odyssey for the fifth time. <laughs> so, I'm, <laughs> so I'm like in the middle, uh, I'm in the middle of another Etrian Odyssey 4 playthrough. And I'll probably, That's once smart. I finish this, I will probably go back to Etrian Odyssey 5 and finally give it its just desserts. Oh my God. I will finally give Etrian Odyssey 5 the shot that I did not give it back when it came out for some reason. Just wasn't in the mood for it at that point. Uh, but I think now, like, yeah. Like I'm what? Re- it's probably better than this, and it's probably better than Mary Skelter. You're not wrong! <laughs> You're not wrong, man. But, like, it's really fucking annoying how both Mary Skelter and Labyrinth of Refrain are both games where it's just like, I want 
to like you. Let me like you, please. I'm here. You're saying and doing everything I want. But they both do really dumb things design-wise. And I feel like I'm the only one that notices because the way people <laughs> talk about these games is foreign to me. What a fucking... What a world. What, is, what are video games? They're just jars of numbers. Probably there's only... <laughs> I really like that phrase. <laughs> I'm going to take yes. my numbers, put them in a jar, and throw them at your numbers in a jar. And we're just, we'll hope mine don't break <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's... Hey, Polly, there's only one way forward. Mm -hmm. There's only one way forward here. You can make, make your own dungeon crawler. I, I, dude. I mean... Poly Dungeon 2. Poly Dungeon 2. Has, oh my god, as an actual dungeon crawler? Uh, I have design docs, okay? I have RPG yes. Maker MV. Do you have our Excel yes. spreadsheets? I don't have Excel spreadsheets, but I do I do have things and projects started, but no real aim yet. I'll just say that like Poly Dungeon 2 Poly Dungeon 2 was always going to be an idea. And it was always going to be a more actual, legitimate dungeon crawler. But yeah. it's going to have that same kind of original games, just fucking stupidity. Oh, and, excellent. And it's just, I need to work in the stupidity, but also just some weird systemsy nonsense that's not too overdone yeah. or too overbaked. But just enough to just kind of like, there it is. That's my signature on this dumb thing. So, yeah, like, like, and, and, and this isn't me spoiling anything about any of my ideas or anything. Poly Dungeon 2 was always going to be a thing that to happen, and it was always going to be a new dungeon crawler. So, uh, an actual dungeon crawler made in our, it's why I got RPG, it's why I got RPG Maker MV in the first place, because I want to actually make Poly Dungeon 2 at some point. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> John Horny for, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, fucking horny yeah. for this game. I, that 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 was that was like the swelling brain thing in the back of my head as you like just tw like twenty minutes of like nitty gritty formal dissection of how <laughs> this game functions as a dungeon crawler, just vivisecting it. Like, yeah. all right, here's why this here's why this beating heart is failing me. And I was just very enjoying that and just thinking like mm, that energy so could better. be refocused, obviously. To to you mm. know, we could I, we could I could hear lullaby Not this. Like that's all you that that's all useful. Like playing another game like that and then dissect and getting into it like yeah, that is gonna yeah. it's all expanding your perspective on this kind of game. Yeah. Like it lets me know what um, I want to do and what I want to avoid. Um so I mean if anything I can at least thank Labyrinth of Afraid for giving me ideas on what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um so yeah, that that's my Labyrinth of Refrain experience. Yep. It uh man. I, I like mm -hmm. I'm at the disappointed stage now. Like, I'm not mad about it anymore like I was uh, the night that everything went down where I was just like, man, yeah. fuck this game. I am going to run over it with my car. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to do that with Final Fantasy VII Remake, though. Because So salty. Oh, I am. I'm very mad. Fuck Square Enix. I'm not buying a PS5, okay? And they're going to lock me out of the rest of this dumb thing? Fuck you. You played the game last year. Who cares? I'm still going to roll over it with my car. 
You should. That's the one you should send to a Sox friend if they really want it. All right. If anybody out there <laughs> wants a copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake, this is your chance to claim oh. it. I will send it to you. There you go. It's out there. You know the at. You know the email address. Nice. First come, first serve. Let's go. John, gonna, what's I'm that gonna, email? I'm gonna edit that out. I'm not sending that game to anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having some. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. you're fine. Am I coming through? You it are. Sounds like I'm getting. Through. I'm dropping out. You're fine. Okay, cool. Um, I feel like I feel like you. We give you shit for getting mad, for getting mad, and then coming back to games and whatnot. Oh no, I do um, it all the time, and I know that I it's a like funny you, thing. I I play every into time it. I fall for it. I play into yeah. it at this point. Um, so <laughs> I had thought you dropped this game like two yeah, days before you actually did. Oh. Because you had gotten mad at something else. Were you expecting me? Were you expecting me to come on this podcast and be like, "Yeah, I'm like 50 hours in now"? No, I knew. I knew when you said you deleted your save. Okay, I was. Okay. I was. I was wondering what, what I'm people, saying. Like, I was wondering you, what people thought this time, or if they thought it was really over. Like, someone asked you what game it was, and you were like, "It's bad." And I'm like, "Oh, so why are you still playing it?" And then two days later, I'm not playing it anymore for real this time. Yeah, like that. that <laughs> like, there was always kind of this part of my brain while playing Labyrinth of Refrain that was just like, this is bad. You're not yeah. having a great time. Polly, you can you can turn it off. You don't yeah. have to. Mm -hmm. And then I let it get me. I let it get me with the promise uh... of good story, of a story that I got invested in, and then I let this happen. This is all my fault. Now we're getting, in, oh, now oh, we're getting oh, into oh. some weird, deep mental shit. <laughs> We're Xeno gearsing it. Yep, we're Xeno gearsing it. <laughs> it wants to keep playing. Laughing. <laughs> oh, no. no, I want to turn it off. No, I'll keep playing it. You'll keep playing. Oh my god, that's too funny. Or 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 id or id or id tearing the disc out. That's not fair. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Stupid. Oh god, we're too dumb. I, I think we're too dumb. I think my point was... um was that <laughs> I think my point was that almost all the time when you get mad on Twitter about games or whatnot, mm -hmm. there's this little like formal nug of like, here's why the communication in this game broke down for me and pissed me off. <laughs> and it's always like something really legit and useful <laughs> and even when i'm going even when i'm going like fuck you i like that game you should keep playing why are you mad at this it's still like oh i just got a point about that one about that bit um so basically every time we have those little breakdowns and where you express those things i i just wanted to communicate that i think that's it's cool and useful a lot of the time i appreciate that <laughs> i'm glad that my ear my momentary i'm glad that i'm able to make cogent points through irritation at baby toys. <laughs> Video games are serious business. You... What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god! You get you get, to, you, you get laser focused, and, and then when how you, and what it is, it's like I know what it is that's pissing me off. It's I can this. point yeah. this exact thing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, video games. Thank you for that. Who needs them? Who needs them? Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play my comfort food Etrian Odyssey four. I know. 
<laughs> just dungeon crawlers all the way down. There you the go. One. This one goes down real smooth. I'm just gonna play. I'm just gonna play nice itch games. I'm just gonna play nice nice games. No, fuck, fuck play, no, don't play new games. Just play the ones you know you like already. There you go. Uh huh. It's a very simple Literally. solution. This is really funny because literally Monty was like, why don't we, we played an RPG Maker horror game last time, why don't we play another one that I really like called The Cat Lady? And I look up at the Steam page and it's like, content warning, suicide. And then like, this is about a lady who wants to kill herself for XYZ reasons. It's six hours and very depressing. Oh no! I was like, Monty, I cannot play this right now. (laughs) Let's play Starry Flowers. I know I just played it earlier today, but I want to play this. (laughs) Okay, so that's why you play it twice. If you're okay, segueing. I was about to say, y'all like y'all. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about RPG Maker games. Those have come mm-hmm. up quite a bit. I wonder if anybody's got anything <laughs> to talk about in that realm. I'll let either one of you take this. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, right, go ahead. Okay, if anybody doesn't want to hear literally anything about Amori. Like, this is the end of the podcast. This is the time to tune out. Uh, they're going to be being as very careful as they can. Yeah. Because obviously, like, I yes. I want to know nothing about this game. But being a podcast host yeah. is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, um... We're not if, gonna, I'm not going to Xenogears it. Yeah, we're not going to Xenogears yeah. it. But so. even just in case, put it at the end. If you don't want to know anything at all about Omori... Now is the time to duck out, and remember, we're the podcast that love you. We're the only ones that love you. Um, uh, mm. So that's been your final warning if you want to go into Omori 100% blind. So... Hi, Tom! And, and spoiler, one, one, not spoiler, this isn't, that was a joke spoiler. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure Rhett and I both extremely, extremely liked it. Okay. It's a very yeah. good story. All right. So it's one of those that is worth coming into I, pretty blind. I'm just going to turn you two loose. Have at it! <laughs> There's a review. So, I used to keep a list. I still keep a list on Giant Bomb of games I've beaten. I started using Backlogged as well, which has user reviews. Mm-hmm. And one of the user mm-hmm. reviews I saw for this game it put it up really succinctly. This game is a six out of ten merged with a ten out of ten. Huh. Oh. Interesting. Like, okay, we're gonna get we're, we're gonna get we're gonna dig into. Um, I think there's something where. Um, I, why don't we what? I think I think what Rhett's saying there is like the core story of this just yeah. absolutely hits like a fucking truck. It lands completely. I yeah. got that oh, impression nitty-gritty. just from hearing people talking yeah. vagaries about it. I mean, yeah. in my own experience was I, I finished it like two Mondays ago, and just it just knocked the wind out of you me. Had a, you 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 mm-hmm. you were naps the bluke for a couple of days. It was just the next day. I'm just not going to play any video games, watch any anime. I'm just not going to do anything. Just going to lay on the ground and feel yeah. like a piece of trash. Kind of. <sighs> like, I think part of it for me, and in a weird way, it's kind of funny because this happened to John as well, is that I had had my, all my media projects kind of lined up for a bit where it's like I was playing Rabby Ribby, and then, like, right before I finished that, Yeez 9 came out. So I had like started that, then finished mm-hmm. Rabbit Ruby, then I played Ease Nine, and then before I finished that, I started playing Mario, and then before I finished Mario, I started playing this. Like there was always like something in progress. So then when I finished mm-hmm. it, and 
it had the ending that it did, and there was nothing like lined up as like the rebound game. Yep. Yep. Oh. oh. I was. This was it. I was done. I'd finished Xenogears. I finished Precure. I'd finished E7. I was all I had was Amori, and then I finished Amori, and I was just. Oh. <laughs> so we bit. We both happened co- completely coincidentally to kind of finish our our in current media queue with this game for the first and, time in six months for me. Yeah, yours was way longer. <laughs> Mine's been like yeah. you know since January, but. For, and then just having this game be the climax and just knock the wind out of you right at the end. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, the wrong game to kind of do that with. Like, John immediately had to play, you know, the Nami game the next day to kind of yeah to feel do. again. Yeah. For, for... <laughs> and then for me, it was like nothing for three days. And then I started re- and then I got back to Love Life. <laughs> perfect. Oh, my God. It's so fucking perfect. Like that. That's kind of why I ended up binging the rest of season two of Love Live, the original, like so hard is just to get away from this. <laughs> I need to oh feel something. Hey, let's, <laughs> let's rewatch Love Live Sunshine now. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know we I just know. had three seasons of Love Live. Yeah, and then that kind of kept going, and I burned through like five more episodes of Love Live Sunshine. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, God, there's some distance now. The funny thing is, like, I close, I, I close my eyes and I see images from this game. Oh my god! I think it got you even more than me. Christ alive! The okay, funny right? thing is, is like, I don't, I don't want to immediately skip to the ending, but that's kind of what I'm going to do because it's like the big thing in the game. Mm-hmm. But like, the last like four hours of this game, or however long it is, I actually didn't cry at all <sighs> because I was like, this is so unimaginably sad that like it tips into the too far category where it's like I can't cry to this because I'm clamming up and just like emotionally dead inside (laughs) but I'm having I'm having this feeling of like I could see somebody bawling through all of this (laughs) and then and then like the next day I watched an LP of someone else playing it and they started crying at the end (laughs) and then that's what finally got me to like break a little and was like okay you can let let some of this go and cry (laughs) like i still needed that kind of layer of obfuscation though of like watching somebody else go through it well a vtuber you need a vtuber to go through it and start crying it actually it actually wasn't a vtuber though i do know a vtuber who finished this game in a big eight hour stream and i'm gonna get to that at some point oh lord i bet she fucking cried at the end They don't animate tears for those things. That's going to be awkward. But you, you can hear them crying. I know. I know. It's actually like they stop animating. They stop animating at all because the person playing it. The like, person just shuts down. They just like duck out of view of the yep. camera. And you yep. just hear quiet sobs from off screen. It's a lot. Anyways. <sighs> Omori, though, is like it's two games combined in one. And I think that's kind of its biggest flaw is that mm-hmm. it is a pretty basic JRPG for much of its runtime. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard a lot of people go, this should have been, you know, a, a, a brisk 10-hour game instead of a 20-hour tw- game or sure. however long it, sure. it is. It's it's like 25 hours, yeah. It's mm. beefy. The, the dungeons, the couple of dungeons there are, they just keep kind of going. <laughs> mm. There's one I told John about where they, it's like... They, they push two to three hours. Like yeah, a couple Ooh. of them. Yeah. 
there's one where it's like I didn't recognize the thing as a hub area that had three different paths off of it. <laughs> so I do one of the paths and then it kicks me back to the central hub and it's like, okay, do the other two. And I'm just went, wait, what? Oh, uh, we're doing this, huh? And I just went to bed. <laughs> and, then, and then one of those three paths, the third of those paths that I did had its own three different doors thing. Oh. And I was, I just laughed at that point. Like, boy, you are just, all of the dungeon crawling and all of the JRPG stuff just feels like bigger than it needed to be. Mm. And I think theme I think a lot of what bugged me is that like the whole pastel quirky world thing in this like just didn't land for me whatsoever. Mm. Like I didn't actually find any of it funny or cute. Mm. <laughs> and that was kind of a big part of oh, it. Oh shit. Okay. Can I okay. can I get my take on this? Yeah. Yeah. Um I think, all right. A, I think that it was a it was a bad call to go into this right after Xenogears. Oh yeah, yeah. Xenogears. okay. <laughs> because Xenogears yeah. is a fifty hour is all is a fifty hour RPG that's very slow and also heavily trauma focused. <laughs> like uh, it is. Yeah. And I just kind of and so I think that going straight from that into this kind of put me in a headspace where I was maybe seeing the seams more. Mm -hmm. Um kind of seeing the artifice a little more to the point where I even kind of had a slightly muted reaction initially to the whole conclusion. Cause Ooh. I was just like, well, okay. Cause I think on some level you can go over this whole game and basically say that we've seen all of it. Like you, the three of us here have seen all of it before. Sure. Um, and then I, then I was trying to, then I had to digest it <laughs> and then I was <laughs> chewing on it. Just like, oh like in my guts just like yeah. oh wait a minute there's something else here huh i mean you did uh, and then you, you yeah, messaged ahead, me during the finale that you had to stop every 30 minutes because it was so much yeah like and then was... i and then i got to the even like i said i think you got a, a bit of this where even during the finale i was still a little bit muted yeah but then like the next and the next day like i talked about this game for about six or seven hours after i finished it I found one Discord where I could do it. I talked with Rhett extensively. I found, um, yeah. I talked with Cecile about it. Um, and part of that was that I wanted to chew over my own kind of complaints about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that I don't really care about any of those complaints anymore. I think that I was maybe off base. Hmm. And I, I was kind of with Rhett at the very end on, oh, these dungeons are taking forever. I just want to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, the whole first like fifteen to twenty hours, I was pretty much completely on board throughout all of the cute shit, uh -huh. and I thought it was like really like even if this dungeon is an hour or two hours, three hours long, all of them are so dense with cute interactions and one-off set pieces and different bits and the battle system is so dense every piece of the battle system is like communicating different little things um like i wasn't bored at all throughout the okay basically the, the cute mother game um, yeah maybe I, I at the want... very end and i think that was because i was coming off of xenogears i think yeah. if i was in a, in a different mood i would have loved it the whole time like yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, we talk about it and we joke about it a lot, but like it, it happens like when 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 like me 
after five iffy we play a trails game the new trails game and then oh, suddenly God. you get post trails depression where other things just stop hitting hard for a little bit um, and coming off of something like Xenogears, where it was this kind of big revelation for you, and it's a game that you probably didn't expect to go and end up where it did, it ended up leaving this an impact big enough for you to spend 55 minutes talking about it last episode. <laughs> Is um, that really how long it was? Yeah, it was that long. It was that Holy long. Cow. Oh my god, so, it's so long. So, when... You, when you were talking about, when you were going over kind of talking about, on Twitter about kind of being a little nonplussed by Amori at first, I was just like, I think that's probably what's happening. That's why I wasn't like, it yeah. wasn't a call to emergency for mm-hmm. me. of like, oh no, what if this is overrated? No, it was just like, you just came off of Xenogears and yeah. it, it affected you in a way that you probably weren't expecting. And that made its impact even better. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it looked from the outside. I would say I was thinking it in terms of Xenogears has a bunch of really really long boring parts. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of exhausted I, with playing RPGs. There, yeah, but I think one. I think you're probably on it. The fact that I talked about it that long, it did leave a big mark. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you're not going to talk yeah, about right? something for 55 minutes unless you really fucking didn't like it or you really liked mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I messaged yeah, right? John pretty early about. Boy, just not really here for this JRPG combat. And I was super early in it. And you're like, this is so much better than Xenogears combat. <laughs> that's that's our fun, <laughs> the most fun takeaway. Yeah. So, but then I finished. I like, like I don't want to come off as too harsh as saying I didn't like it, but just like, I don't know, the cutesy stuff like kind of just seemed a little overdone. But I was like still here for it. I just didn't feel like the need to explore every inch of this extremely huge map or do, you know, basically any side quest this after the first few. didn't grab you the way that undertale grabbed everybody yeah. but the way that this game like this game is grabbing mm-hmm. people in the same way that undertale did but it mm-hmm. didn't do that for you mm-hmm. yeah i just the humor just kind of missed for me and like some of the side characters like they really go in on a few characters that just seem kind of inconsequential <laughs> 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 Like two of the kind of what? Go ahead. Something I said her in chat. I know. I'm just laughing because I love the side characters. They're so dumb. And like you said, they they spend hours on like these inconsequential side characters that I I completely adore. I love them. Well, it's just like kind of from a development side. It's just kind of funny where it's like the musicians group names became characters in the game. Like space boyfriend is one of the musicians and like slime girls is a musician. (laughs) So like they build these big character arcs again around these names. And it's like, like how this game was designed originally as like, you know, the dreamy otaku mother thing. And then where it actually goes by the ending are so disparate, you know? Yeah. The dream has very little to do with the overall story. Yeah. Um, but it is like that's kind of what I was chewing. Go ahead. Yeah, it has very little to do with the kind of main meat of the plot, but it is the bigger part of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I I like argued myself. I like I said I talked about it for six hours, which is what I do when I'm when something hits me hard, especially when it hits me hard and when it's maybe doing a bit of an art Mm -hmm. (laughs) and confusing me. Um. And the 
I, I think I just kind of argued myself until the... Like, I, I, I think my reaction to a lot of the long dungeon bits wasn't mm -hmm. I not having a good time. Because I think I was having a good time. Yeah. I think I was thinking a lot of it. Boy, Rhett and Polly might <laughs> have trouble with this. Because, <laughs> like... Because I specifically... Like, it's, it's fucking... Fucking Earthbound has next to no story for almost all of it. Like, it's all in the background. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You're just running around doing cute RPG shit. Um... And like I, the, the the framing device of a dream, basically, um, you could go in a different direction and make each of those the 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 mother parts like play into the overall story in like a kind of a one to one way. I think having it all be kind of a distraction, and then with the real story just kind of poking in at the margins, yeah, throughout. Um, is a really cool effect. And I think that it wouldn't work at all for me, or it wouldn't work for me if I didn't love exploring giant fucking beautiful RPG <laughs> Maker maps yeah. stuffed with stuff with cute characters and cute dialogue. And I get, there's a whole area that's completely optional. Nothing there's, to do with the story. Yeah. You just go there. I, I sent, I was kept sending you screenshots of like optional bosses and whatnot. And you're like, I didn't see that. And I was like, this is good. You told me about like this whole optional side quest that's like forty five <laughs> minutes long, and in, in, in an op in an area that is also optional, entirely. That ends with it's just a funny, it's just a really silly joke. <laughs> um, and I think if you're going into this game, that's something to recognize is that this is going yeah. to be like eighteen hours of like cute RPG Maker world to explore. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. But then every um, once in a that, while, every once in a while, yeah, it right. changes into a totally different thing. Yeah, like, I, think, I, I, I think, think they. It's it's frustrating. I think if if somebody comes to this wanting just the kind of cute light earth bounty, they're gonna be like really frustrated by where the ending. I think that has nothing to do with the whole other side of the game. I feel like I feel like most mother fans are in it because they want like I want to explore a cute world for eighty percent of this, and then I want my heart torn out. I want my and trauma. This game feels like it succeeds, <laughs> and then I want my trauma. I feel like yeah. this game delivers on that. Yeah, because it it in that respect it feels like a because because that's the bit like we said in the last week. I was like, hey, this is definitely more like Mother in the sense that this has big RPG sections to explore yeah. versus Undertale just being four hours of character beats and story into your veins yeah. undertale is like incredibly linear as well is yeah. whereas in this like it's i got frustrated almost the end. this this let me get incredibly lost pretty early on before a character was like hey <laughs> you're supposed to go this way dumbass and i was like oh thank you like i didn't even <laughs> i didn't even find the first big dungeon for like a couple hours that was a little annoying god it's it's so dense There's because so, I, that first yeah. area is huge because I kept thinking, oh, this looks like the way forward. So, like, I did a thing to get further into that, and then it just immediately turned into a dead end. And I'm like, uh, what? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I I played the first seven hours of this game in one mm -hmm. chunk. Whoa, just, yep, yeah, that's, this is what I want. This is what I want right now. I just this is what I want right now. And then I put it down, and I finished scenic and I played another seven hours, and I put it down, and I finished Greek, and I put it down, and I finished it. <laughs> um. Yeah, for it what it's worth, like, I... yeah, right. 
like as bored as I kind of say I was with the JRPG parts, I did finish it significantly faster than you. Whereas, like once That's I got, good. I got to like the the you know the last one, I just plowed through it. <laughs> like okay, because I was here for it. Like the combat does mm-hmm. get more fun as you go and kind of evolve, and like it felt like it reached a kind of natural conclusion of like okay, here is what we can do with the emotion based combat system. Mm-hmm. And I think you pointed out like one important part of the dream that is very important to the larger story and that is that you spend the whole game with the characters that are central to the yeah. real story like they are they are you explore the game yeah. with the actual characters from the real story and every time they're interacting with things you are getting to know them and getting closer to them yeah i think some I parts like of that's it, yeah it definitely can't be you couldn't entirely excise it i just think some parts the grindy of parts could be a little shorter Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I kind of argued myself into being like, why does everything in an RPG have to be all about the story? Like, Hollow Knight has all these big levels. That's fine. Everyone <laughs> loves that. But then I was I like, I like got deep into my brain. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, there's, there's Kirby's, the one part. Kirby's just fun levels. Like, maybe I should, maybe Kirby's okay. Like, I, I went down a whole fucking trail. Oh, no. Six hours. <laughs> just like, maybe that's fine. Maybe it's okay. <laughs> there's definitely a ton of like what you expect and what you want in this game of like mm-hmm. your expectations may betray you mm. and you're like if you're here for one specific aspect of it the other one is just going to grade on you yeah mm. I, I can't imagine someone I mean it's hard for I guess it's hard for me to imagine someone not liking the the the, the ending but I guess a lot of people don't like having their soul ripped out so <laughs> what weirdo I, mean, I don't know any of them here but yeah I I said this in the chat I said I listed a bunch of I I said I've played a lot of games I've seen a lot of stories with these sorts of reveals with these sorts of big moments mm-hmm. I have never played a game where these moments land this hard that's fair like, that's that's how it that's how it landed for me was that we've talked about games like this on the podcast we've played games like this this hit real fucking hard it it hits too hard basically like the one one complaint i've seen from people is like the one big truly dark thing in this game like goes too far and i think it going as far as it does is super important to the main okay like this is a game about coping with trauma. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of it is the way it is because it's an escape from facing the trauma. Yeah. It's just like Xenogears, basically. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like when Polly's comparing it to Xenogears, I'm like, I don't have that reference at all. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah. Having not played Xenogears, I mean, tra- I would... Trails, third, Trails Third is just Xenogears. Trails Third is just Xenogears. Oh, right. So, I'm yeah, going to transit property. Third. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely in the same vein as Trails Third of like, you know, characters dealing with some heavy stuff. Dealing with shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I don't think we need to detail I, yeah. I think there's one other structure thing. Um I was worried because I heard there were multiple routes and this is a twenty five hour game. <clears throat> so the idea of having to replay it was terrifying. Um there are I Googled this, there's two routes. So if yeah. I want to see everything, I'm playing the game twice. Mm. I might fucking do that pretty soon. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, 
Okay, so um, here's the thing: is like the... if you if you play this game and you are a normal person, you will get to the regular normal good ending. Gotcha. Yeah, and you don't you don't need to worry about it. You can just play yeah. it, and then if you... I. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea about roots or different endings. I just played it, and I got you know the standard basic ass. You did the right. Red thing. got the truest of true. Red got the truest of true endings easily. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And I got there too with nary a misstep, except when I <laughs> sure. just read about. But like, so you don't, I don't think you have yeah. to. I don't think you have to worry about the root stuff while playing it. And then if you, and then the if you want to explore more, then yeah. that's an option. But it's just there's basically the one main story. Yeah, basically the other route, it. the other route you'd have to do something very specific to trigger it, and then you know what your reward mm -hmm. is is the JRPG side of the game being significantly expanded upon. Mm. Like, yep. there's more areas, there's, like, another dungeon, there's more bosses, there's a boss rush at the end, apparently, you can unlock. Jesus! Like, it is like, hey, if you want more of that side, it's here, but you're not gonna get, you know... Which is, which is, which is honestly, like, my big, my big issue was, like, the JRPG stuff kind of dribbles away for the big ending. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want more. I love JRPGs. <laughs> I mean, basically... So that's, now that, that route yeah. exists, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm content. Yeah. It is cool for people that I'll want that. that side that it exists, but like, I think the main story mm. not having the big, huge final dungeon trails in the third sky style, yeah, is completely fine based on the themes of the story. Yeah, I agree, like, and I, I after six hours of wrestling with it, I agree. yeah, because Trails Third that story wasn't just Kevin's; it was everyone's. Yeah. Whereas in this, exactly, you know, it's Omori's story. And I think, and, and yeah, thing? I want to. I don't want to talk more. I don't want to say anything else, basically. But if you have anything else you want to, it do, just yeah. hits like a truck at the end. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I could hype the ending up for a while, but you have to know you're going into like 20 hours of mother gameplay first. Mm -hmm. And even then, like we can hype up the ending, but like I said, it's it's stuff we've seen before, mm -hmm. but. I think this version of it is is fucking it's a, pristine. Yeah, I I, th I feel like I'm kind of at the point of having consumed so much media that I can't just keep going. Oh, this reminded me of X because every story has been done. You know, yeah. there's no true originality anymore. Everything is going to be based off something. Like this itself, mm. the Kickstarter for this game was in 2014, God. and and Toby Fox is listed on there as like a guest musician. A full year, like a year and a half before Undertale actually came out. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure they, at some point during those five years or five and a half since Undertale, have played it and maybe had some things to change in the game because of that. Yeah. Like, everything is building off of everything, especially when they are friends with mm. Toby Fox. <laughs> Fuck, this game's good. Hey, everyone should go play this game. Um, I'm, if you're, I'm gonna, once you're ready for it, I'm gonna. I think I need to be ready. I think I need to be a little more ready for it. But yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. playing this fucking game. Yeah. You can't just kind of rush through it. Be like, okay, hit me with the good stuff. It's like, okay, we're gonna slowly build to it. We're not gonna, you know, yeah, undertake like, right away. Yeah, let's be here. Let's dwell in this mm. for a little while. Let's be patient. Yeah. And I need to kind of get there. Uh, and, yeah. and be ready to have my soul ripped out, uh, Shang Tsung yeah. style. So, mm -hmm. and it again that part 
like the bulk of the game doesn't not contribute sure because you are getting to learn about these characters and like their personalities and stuff it's just that maybe it drags mm-hmm. on a little longer in every like just every section feels like a little bit longer like even the first dungeon i hit a point pretty early on it was like oh it's over that wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it was going to be and then that ended up being the halfway point it's like <laughs> oh okay we've still got like a half hour of this <laughs> <sighs> all right <laughs> yeah it's Have a good game games, huh? it's a it's a really good game with you know a couple asterisks upon it sure like, yeah hey, yeah here's some things no also you know it opens with like not for con- me i con- think it's i i think it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> okay but even like which is really which is so annoying because i did i was completely with Rhett yes like two days ago and i'm like ah fuck it it's fine no, i really I like this thing jesus <laughs> I'm just acknowledging, yeah. But like content, basically, my content warning is JRPG. But then when you start the game, it also goes like content warning, suicide, self harm, other stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, gonna need a little bit, but we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So is that is I'm that Omori? This up. <laughs> yep. I'm glad I, I booted should... this up instead of East Nine. That is so funny. That I was like. Waiting at wait in the morning and I'm like, what's this random RPG maker shit that everyone's talking about suddenly? Yeah, this came ah, out of fuck nowhere. It, let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs> this game came out of fucking nowhere. Just... It launched on Christmas. <laughs> the Kickstarter was in twenty fourteen. <laughs> Six years later, they launched it That's on Christmas. Just wild. They d- just didn't give a fuck. No. God, there's like a knew, quote from knew. The creator, the kind of like the main creator, Omocat, she said, like, there's more of my soul in this game now than in my actual body. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, it, like this was a super personal, like... I imagine so. project. It, yeah. Yeah. And it, like, it started as a webcomic in, like, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. But then they always pictured it as a game mm-hmm. first. Well then, I think that's good. I is that an episode? Are we are we good? I yeah. think so. All right. Well, I guess there's just one thing to do, and that is to wind things on down. Of course, I want to thank everybody for giving us a listen. Everybody for stopping by for the live show. Of course, it is always a joy to look at that chat window and see people give a crap. It's always fun. Y'all are amazing. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. John Thire, tell the fine internet folks at home where they can find you. Farawaytimes.itch.io <laughs> And hooret! Uh, SocksMakePeopleSexy.net, where you got this podcast. Hey, that's conveniently where you can find me as well and remember we are the podcast that loves you we are the only ones that love you everybody's talking about the